Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Cascade Hoops Talk. How is everybody doing? Hope you enjoyed your Halloween. Hope you're enjoying NAI basketball. Hey, today we're going to have Mike Larson. He's the head men's basketball coach at Montana Western, the Bulldogs. Uh, he's entering his fifth season as the head coach there. Uh, last season, they went 19 and 13, made the semifinals of the conference tournament, finished third in that very tough Frontier Conference. Coach Larson, he went to uh, Juan Diego Catholic High School was a star there in Draper, Utah. Uh, he also played at Northwest Missouri. He assisted over at uh, Dakota State before moving over to Montana Western. So look forward to hearing a bit more about that story. We're also going to hear a lot about Bulldog basketball and what it's like to play in Montana there in the Frontier Conference. So Billy D's going to get out of the way, and we're going to listen to Mike Larson. He's the head men's basketball coach, Montana Western Bulldogs. Hey, Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. I got uh, Mike Larson. He's the head men's basketball coach at Montana Western. They're the Bulldogs. Uh, welcome, Coach. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to have me on the podcast. So, Mike, you uh, you grew up down in uh, Draper, Utah. You played at uh, Juan, I'm going to mess it up, Juan, Juan Diego Catholic. And it looked like you played both basketball and football there at uh, Juan Diego Catholic. What was your first love growing up? Was it football or basketball? Oh, it, it was it was always basketball. There was um, I don't think I played football from about third grade until my junior year of high school, and it was when I went to Juan Diego. They kind of just said, "Hey, you know, you're athletic. You you can play. Uh, looks like you're going to play football too." And I said, "Sure, let's go do it." <laughs> but you were, uh, if I read right, you were all state in high school. Uh, you were a pretty prolific scorer for high school. When did you? When did you start thinking, hey, I could probably play college basketball? When did when did you start thinking that? I mean, I think it was always my goal. Um, I, 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 I mean, we we played it from the time we woke up, the time we went to bed, all all the time growing up. So it was always what I wanted to do. Um, and then when I went to Juan Diego, I you know find you know found some success. Obviously, yeah. I started. We won a state championship my junior year. We were really good. Um, you know, started to get a little bit of interest, um, but being in Utah, you don't get a ton of interest because it's mainly D1s, but um, had a good friend that I went to school with. His brother was at Northwest Missouri State, um, so I gave him a blank or a DVD with some of my game film. He took it to their coach, and uh, I was lucky that Steve Tatmeyer saw something in me that I didn't, and uh, it was kind of all, all over from there. So you played over at Northwest Missouri. You guys had some success. You won a couple conference championships. Uh, you were a very good shooter. You shot 39% from three. Were you known as a shooter? Um, I was actually the point guard. Um, so I, I was mainly a facilitator. We had some really good players. We had a couple All-Americans players of the year while I was there. So uh, my goal was just to get them the ball and then kind of a byproduct is we had really good players. So they would throw it back to me and then I'd let it fly. So uh, ne never never had shy trigger when it came to shooting the ball. That was for sure. <laughs> now, is this stat true? I found a stat that said you shot better from three than from two. That doesn't surprise me because <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like shooting layups because I just felt like I was always going to get blocked. So yeah. uh, that doesn't surprise me. Three, my shooting threes was just more easy for me. And uh, Tap used to say, "Hey, 
you know, the three point lines here. If we go five feet back, I need you to be inside of this line. Stop scooting back. Like get closer to the lines. Uh, <laughs> that's just what we did. Uh, so coach, then you, uh, you, um, it was either when you were in school or right after you graduated, you had an internship, you went to Northeast Nottaway high school, the blue Jays. Uh, you guys went to the conference finals. That was your first to- taste of coaching. Uh, is that, had you always wanted to coach? What did that feel like coaching there at that high school? Did that kind of, is that what got you into the bug is what I'm thinking? Yeah, it actually did. I, you know, I always thought I was a pretty knowledgeable basketball player. I thought I could see things and, and, you know, I loved watching film and seeing how things got better. Uh, And then when I got into that year of high school coaching, it was, that's when it really started to see like, Hey, I, I do know a little bit about this game and I can teach it to other people. And, uh, I really enjoy teaching it. Like, I think that's the most important thing that I found is like guys that aren't as knowledgeable or not, or maybe not as good. Uh, I find the the process of helping them get better is what kind of got me fired up. And then um, having one year left to play, it actually helped me as a basketball player because I got out for a year, learned a little bit about the game from the coaching side. And then when I went to go play one more year at, at Dakota State, that's when I even thought I was a better basketball player because I knew a little bit more about the game. You know, Coach, I hear that from a lot of guys who, you know, had a severe injury, had to sit out a year and ended up working or being on the bench a lot of times working with the coaches that they learned more or as much that season than they did their, their whole career. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's there's no doubt if you're, if you're committed to the game, uh, anytime you can just sit and watch from the outside instead of worrying about your own personal agenda or, or what you're you're worrying about, um, you're definitely getting better. And I think I took full advantage of that year. And, um, you know, obviously when I went to Dakota State, we had the first winning season and I don't know what it was, 25 years or something at Dakota State. And then we, you know, it was pretty easy to get hired on as the GA and assistant coach from that point forward. So, Mike, when you went over to Dakota State, as the, I, I didn't realize you had played there a year, but you played there a year, it sounds like, and then you ended up there as an assistant. Uh, Dakota State has a long history. What did you learn about being a college coach and, and a basketball culture at Dakota State? You know, I was I want to say I was maybe the luckiest coach in the world because, um, you know, Coach Garner, who's still there, still you know one of my mentors, uh, he just gave me the keys. Uh, as an assistant, I was, you know, 22 years old or whatever. And he said, Hey, you want to be good at recruiting, go recruiting. Uh, you want to be good at watching film, watch more film. Um, and I just took that to, to heart. I went recruiting every day that I was allowed to. Um, my wife was very supportive and said, just go, I know this is your dream. Like get great at it and let's do it. Um, and then him just teaching me what to do, you know, what the culture and how to hold kids accountable and, you know, what makes teams be successful? I mean, we won four conference championships and, you know, over a five year stretch when I was there. And um, obviously I was able to help recruit, you know, quite a few of the all Americans that we had while we were there. And it's just, it's, it's an everyday 24, seven, 365 thing that you do. And if you don't recruit and keep doing it, you, um, you just stop being good. So I, I loved it and I was very fortunate. So what about that culture uh, has influenced what you're trying to build at Montana Western. Talk about the culture that you have, the culture that your 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 goals, I guess, is what I'm saying. What what is the ideal culture? What are you building at Montana Western? You know, I think my you know my my personal philosophy and our culture, I think, go hand in hand. Uh, I've always believed that you know the team that works the hardest or the person works that works the hardest is the one that's going to get the most benefits. So, mm-hmm. what we talk about here every day is just our hard work, uh, our character. 
um, and then the energy, the effort, and the communication that you give to each other. And, um, you know, my goal for this team and for this program is just to continue to build, um, you know, young men that come into our program that, you know, need guidance, need help um, to just to keep making them better people first and foremost. And then, you know, hopefully I can also make them better basketball players and we can get uh, we can make something happen over the course of their career. So how did so you were at Dakota State, you'd been an assistant there for several years. How did you end up at Montana Western? Oh, man. Um, and don't say by car. No, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, a really interesting story. You know, Coach Garner at Dakota State, um, he got diagnosed. So this would have been 2016, 17, I think it was. He got diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer. Mm. Um, and this was right at the same time. I actually didn't know this. I had just applied for the Mayville State head job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was given, I was offered the Mayville Hayes, Mayville state job. And I was for all intents and purposes, I was going to take it. Um, you know, being 29 years old, it doesn't happen very often. Right. And I went in the office to talk to Garner about it. And he, um, informed me that day that he had been diagnosed with cancer and, um, but he was all, Hey, you got to take that job, that job, you know, you've earned it. You, this is what you need to do. And it took me all of about two seconds to tell him I'm not leaving. Like, if you have cancer, I'm going to stay here, be your assistant. I'm going to help you fight cancer. You're going to get healthy, mm-hmm. and then you're going to come back and coach this team, and then I'm going to go get a, a different job, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, and that's what we did. I was the interim coach that year while he was out uh, having surgery, and then he came back. He was 100% cancer-free and healthy, and then oh, the great. next year I got the Montana Western job. So that's how it happened. Oh, wow. That's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. So you, uh, you've you been at uh, Montana Western now. You're going into your fifth season uh, let's talk a little bit about where we're at right now. So you played this last weekend. I think you went out to California, if I'm correct. But you played uh, Cal Maritime, big, good, good program. You beat them 69-60. And then you fell to uh, Menlo. Uh, they're big and strong, aren't they? You fell to Menlo. So, so far, how do you feel about the season so far, Coach? Um, I, feel, I feel really good about us. Um, you know, we returned uh, 11 guys from last year's roster, uh, brought in four new guys. So, I feel like we've got a really good mix of culture guys and, and returners that understand what we do. And then four new guys that, you know, we're still learning how to play. And obviously that was very apparent this weekend against a very, very talented, uh, strong Menlo team that kind of exposed us. But mm-hmm. um, I love them. I like the I like the way we play. I like the, the unselfishness we have as a team. Um, but, you know, our goal, my goal preseason was to go and try to schedule one of the hardest non-conference schedules in the country. Uh, and obviously when you go play Menlo as a true road game, that's, that's a great test for our team. Uh, and then we still have college of Idaho. We still got the masters hope international, uh, and Arizona Christian, uh, just to name a few of our non-conference games. So, um, we're going to put ourselves in a, on, on the map as far as a conference, a team that's willing to play tough teams. And we'll just kind of see how it goes as we uh, get better each week. Yeah. I wa- you know, I wanted to ask you about this, this non-conference, cause you just mentioned it. But you're, you're next up, you're going to play Warner Pacific, Cascade Conference uh, program, has a long history. Then you're going to play Bacone. They're out of uh, Oklahoma. You're going to play them on November 5th. Again, another program that has a long history. And then Eastern Oregon, they're always a tough out. College of Idaho, one of the best teams in the country. Dickinson State, they're pretty good this season. They've had some early success. Of course, Dakota State, which is probably going to be pretty uh, – emotional for you so you've really you've really loaded it up i think that's great that's commendable yeah i just you know i I thought the last couple years um you know we've you know where we're located obviously is a a challenge getting you know getting games and playing games but 
um, playing teams that we just, you know, Christian schools or, or, or some native schools or mm-hmm. you know, just area local schools where they just don't help us. They just, we beat them so bad. We don't learn anything. And my goal this year was just to challenge our program. Um, I'm a coach that I don't back down to anybody. I don't care who you are or, or what it's about. I want to test our guys and, you know, go get in our butt kicked against Menlo. Um, it was a sure, I, it was an eye opening experience for a lot of these new guys. Like this is not the, this is not going to be easy. Yeah. We need to be the best team. And when you get to conference playing, you got to go against Montana Tech three times and Carroll three times and Rocky three times and Northern three times. Like mm-hmm. this is one of the best leagues in the country. And every year in the Massey ratings, I think we finished number one in the in the Massey ratings for strength of schedule. So might as well get used to it. You know, quick side question for you, because you just mentioned about, you know, playing some weaker teams in the preseason and you're trying to get away from that. I think that the, there's another side to that coin. I think programs like uh, that are trying to grow their programs and get them into the NAI schools like uh, Yellowstone Christian and uh, Portland Bible I think this is really going to hurt those programs uh, going to 28 games because you just don't have the room in your schedule absolutely you know and it was interesting when we had 30 games it was it was awesome to have to be able to get those guys and and you know sometimes get them on in into our gym yeah uh, you know where we could help them out with some of their costs and different things um but yeah, absolutely. That's those are definitely going to hurt them. Um, but also, I think maybe it'll be a situation where the, some of those schools can see, like, hey, you know, we've got to get a little bit better so we can get to that level or get to that NAI level where now we can really be competitive. And um, you know, we're all fighting for an inch or a yard anytime we can. And yeah. uh, I figured scheduling this year was a way we could try to get a little bit better. Coach, you mentioned the Frontier Conference, and I agree. Every, I think everybody around the country recognizes the strength of that conference uh, you always have some powerful teams come out of there do well in the in the uh, national tournament you guys play that unbalanced schedule where you play everybody three times is that how difficult is that i mean it's well i've been here for four years and we've had a team that's played in the final four or the national championship three of the five years um, <laughs> or two of the five years I yeah think. two of the four years i suppose uh, one year got canceled by COVID, and that was the year LC State was the number one team in the nation, I believe, at that time. So right. um, it's hard. I mean, it is really tough. You play, you know, you've quick turnarounds where you're playing the team on Saturday, and then you may play them the following Thursday uh, or the or a week or two weeks later Thursday. Um, and you get to that third time where you play each other, and you may as well throw scouting reports out of the out of the mix. It is just strictly going to be who's the tougher team. Um, but I like it. I mean, I honestly do. Obviously, geographically, it helps us. It saves you know all of our schools um, some money as far as travel. Um, and I believe, I honestly do believe that the Frontier has you know six schools, and I think you know, I'll say not including myself, I think five coaches in this league the other five coaches are all phenomenal coaches um that are just constantly getting better and pushing you know me as a young coach um to be better than i ever thought i could and i'm still trying to become a better coach because if not we're going to get our butts kicked in this league uh, year in and year out so you know one advantage and i don't know the elevation of every place in the frontier but i know montana tech carol you guys are all over five thousand feet uh, is it? I can't imagine there's a whole line of sea level schools knocking at your door, begging to come there and play. No, zero. Actually, no, no sea level schools. Uh, it was actually fun. We played this weekend down in Menlo, um, and I don't think I subbed one player this weekend because of fatigue. I subbed them because you know we needed to make changes for this, that, or the other. But our guys were great. 
uh, playing at zero feet of elevation and after practicing at 6,000 feet every single day, you feel pretty good at, at zero. I want to talk about your team this season. Uh, you've There's only a couple games under the belt, so you're going to have to guide me through here. But I look at your starting lineup, at least what you've used over this first weekend. You're obviously skilled, but it appears you're small. Well, you are small. So are you concerned about that? Are you concerned about getting on the boards and being able to play against some of these bigger, stronger teams? I mean, at times, yes. Um, you know, where, where our success, you know, especially last year and in the previous years, where our success is, is we're a very, very skilled shooting team. Uh, I think last year we were, I think we finished number five or number eight in the nation in three-point makes mm-hmm. uh, and three-point percentage. Um, you know, we're a big, we're a big points per possession team. I think we were 12th in the nation last year, fifth in the nation last year in points per possession. So how we play obviously dictates who we play. Um, but we've also, like I said, you know, we've got some really good new guys. You know, we've got a six, seven transfer, um, Christian pitcher that transferred from Chabot, um, in California. And he's, he's going to be really good for us. It's just, he just got to keep getting better. Um, so I think we have the guys to be able to match some of these teams, physicality and toughness. It's just, we got to get those guys to the level of some of our returners that really understand how we play. I just want to go through your starting lineup, but uh, is Brenton Wood your point guard? Yes. Okay. So five points, five, he's from uh, Compton, 6'2". He's a junior. So talk about his play just for a moment. Yeah, he struggled a little bit this opening weekend, kind of as expected. Uh, he, he just didn't shoot the ball well and kind of turned it over a little bit. Um, but he's a kid, played it, you know, played junior college last couple years. You know, he was top five in the nation in three-point percentage, assists. He was really, really good. So I have a lot of high hopes for him. Um, very under control, really smart, um, just is a really, really good kid as well, which is obviously why we recruited him. Um, but he, you know, he'll get going here shortly, and I think he'll be one of our top uh, scorers when it gets down to the end of the year. And in your first weekend, at least, Jamal Stevenson, he uh, scored 28 points, averaged 14 points a game. He's from Skokie, Illinois. He's a 6'4 senior. Uh, he had a good weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he's, I mean, Jamal, I think he was, you know, he was nominated preseason all-conference. He was preseason or all-conference last year. Just as a unique ability, um, you know, talking to Rooney even after this weekend, after we got done playing, he was very impressed with just how skilled Jamal is and how shifty he is getting to the basket. So Jamal's going to have a really good year, uh, great leader for us, great kid, uh, fun to be around, um, obviously very, very talented as well, so we like him. And then you also start a couple of local kids, the Haverfields, Michael Haverfields, he's a 6'4 sophomore, and then his brother Tanner, he's a 6'4 senior Uh do they sell some season tickets there in town? You know, they, yes, they do. They're, they're, <laughs> they're obviously, uh, it's, it's really awesome to have two local guys and, and not just two local guys that are on your team. I mean, they're two guys that, uh, they're our hardest workers. They're our most competitive. Um, they impact winning, you know, even games like, I don't know if Tanner made a shot this weekend, but him just being on the floor, he impacts winning. Uh, and that's just what he does. And then obviously Michael, you know, Michael was the freshman of the year when he got here uh, his first year, um, and he just keeps getting better. This weekend, I think, is one of his best uh, weekends since he's been here, uh, and I think he's just going to keep getting better. He's very athletic, and at 6'4", he can he can shoot it very, very well, and um, obviously we, we really like him. And then you played a couple more guys quite a bit this weekend. One is uh, Kai Kuba. He's out of uh, Billings. He's 6'3", sophomore. Uh, he, he played 26 minutes a game. Uh, is he a wing what talk about his game yeah he's kind of a we call he's kind of like a 
combo. I guess combo he's like guard. Three, okay. Um, he he's he led the conference in three point percentage last year. He shot forty eight percent from three last year. Um, started out this year very similar. Knocked down four of six. I think the first game. And he's one of those guys that when he gets an open shot, when he misses it, we no one knows what to do because we're so used to it going in all the time. <laughs> so. Uh, he's a guy that, and he's just so under control, especially for a young guy as a sophomore. I thought he, he plays with such poise and pace and um, he just keeps getting better. And, you know, that's the big thing with this team is we do have a lot of young guys. You know, we've only got three seniors. Uh, we've got three seniors, three juniors, everybody else is sophomores and freshmen. So uh, we're going to just keep getting better as the year goes on. And I forgot to mention uh, Jock Jock. He's a, he's a six, seven junior. He's kind of your starting big guy. He's out of Phoenix. Yeah, and Jock, I mean, he had. A, I thought he, he didn't score the ball very well uh, this weekend, but he's a guy that, you know, last year I think he averaged 15 minutes a game and had over 35 blocks, started out the first game with three blocks, um, and he's just really skilled for a big guy. He can pick, pop, shoot it. He can drive it and play. Um, so, you know, we'll, once we kind of get into the flow offensively, I think he'll get a lot more, uh, he'll be a lot more impactful. Uh, and then we have a six, nine freshman in Jacob Ankeny that plays the backup five right now. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to be, um, you know, in the running for freshman of the year this year in our league when he gets really gets down to it. He's just so big and physical and I think he had four or five dunks in the first, uh, first game of the year, went six for six from the floor. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him. He he had a pretty good weekend. You played him 17 minutes a game, and he's a freshman out of Marcin, Idaho. You know, his growth is going to be, I think, this is my opinion, Coach, I think his growth is going to be pretty critical for you this season. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, especially if we're, you know, going to compete in the frontier and, and some of our non-conference games, we're going to need to be big and physical. We're going to need to utilize, obviously, his strength and his length and um, you know, I just think we've, I think we've got a lot of really good pieces. It's, you know, early season trying to right. get everybody to mesh together and play to their individual strengths and, and which obviously hopefully plays into the collective strength of our program. So you talked earlier about how you, you learned to recruit as a young coach, you know, you're there just South of Butte and you obviously want to try to recruit around you, but you'll also go into Utah and Arizona. It looks like you go into California. Uh, but how tough is it? Because you're recruiting against a lot of schools for a few, just a few guys, and then you've got GPAC and North Star schools coming in recruiting over, uh, you know, against you. You got Colby Blaine; he must have a, a a condo over there or something. He's recruiting in Montana all the time. Uh, how tough is it to recruit out of Montana? I mean, I think it's I think it's just a matter of for us. It's we only want a certain type of player. Um, I, I I tell kids all the time, I'm not the easiest coach to play for. Um, I demand perfection. I expect perfection when it comes to, especially off the floor stuff. You can't be perfect on the floor, um, but there's no reason you can't be perfect off the floor when it comes to your school, mm -hmm. uh, your attendance in class, your showing up on time. Um, and we check classes, you know, weekly. We have grade checks go out weekly. Uh, you know, one of our rules, if one guy shows up or turns in one assignment late, the entire team runs the next day at 5 a.m. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, when it comes to recruiting, it's about finding the guys that will do or what, or, or that we believe will do what we ask them to do. Um, and so far, I think we've been pretty successful. But yes, it is hard recruiting in Montana. Um, but we have an interesting school here where we have a block schedule where guys only have to go to one class a day uh, for mm. 18 days, and then they switch to a new class. Uh, so most of our guys go from go to class from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and then they're done for the day. Oh. Uh, so as a basketball coach, you know, we get in the gym and get, get weights and conditioning and shooting and all that stuff in. Uh, so it's pretty good. 
fans around the country, you and I talked before we started. I mean, the the frontier because of the the hours that you play doesn't get some of the national attention that say the crossroads or some of the other schools back east might get. T- talk about what Montana Western basketball is all about. You know, for us, it's about you know being the most unselfish team in America. Uh, I think that's our goal every single year is to be. I want to be top five in the nation in assists, um, assist to turnover. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, we've been top five in the nation in three pointers made uh, and percentage. So the brand of basketball we play and the way we play, I think, is really, really fun to watch. Um, very ball screen ori- oriented um, with kind of a mix of dribble drive, if you would. But it's, you know, the biggest thing is we're just looking for good paint touches um, with good kick out shots and putting teams in rotation. Uh, and when you've got, you know, I think we have seven guys on our team that can shoot o- that shot over 35% from three last year, um, it puts us in a good position to make some of those open threes when we get them. Coach, once again, no surprise, the frontier is loaded. You know who the great teams are. There's some great players all throughout the conference. What is it going to take for the Bulldogs to compete in the frontier for a championship this season? Continue to get better. Uh, You know, I feel like we were picked third in the league this year, which uh, obviously gives us a lot of confidence going into the year. Um, we're one of the few teams in the league that returns the majority of our roster, so we have a lot of uh, continuity within our program. So uh, it's just going to be get better, uh, be learn to be tougher. You know, playing against a team like Menlo to start the year, like I think it was a eight point game with nine minutes to go, mm-hmm. and then you know they kind of wore on us. Their strength and their power wore on us, so we've got to be able to match that and and keep getting better, but. Um, the, I think the Frontier Conference this year, for the first time since I've been here, looks really wide open as far as just a lot of new guys with a lot of new faces that we don't know about. So uh, it's going to be the team that comes together, gels together, and, and learns to play the hardest is going to give themselves a chance. And uh, I firmly believe we'll be in that mix when it comes uh, February. Well, it looks like you're doing the right thing. You've got a tough preseason schedule. You've went out and you've firmed up You know the, the starters that you have back from last season. You've firmed that up. You know, I think fans should keep an eye on Montana Western, and you get kicked off. I think on December first, uh, you're going to play Carroll. So you got, you know, n- you know, no challenge there. Just kick off the season there. But you're going to kick off that Frontier Conference, and uh, we want to wish you the best of luck here in the preseason as as you move into conference play. Well, I really appreciate it. We're going to need we're going to need all the luck we can get, <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully. No, it's 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 people like you that that support NAI basketball and, and give you know us. Uh, I like to call us a bunch of nobody coaches, but you know we really do appreciate you giving us a voice and letting us share about our programs. Because uh, I tell everybody that that listens is this is my Duke, uh, and anybody that'll listen to me talk about this program, I'll make it sound like Duke because I think this place is special, and I think NAI basketball itself is is a wonderful uh, division, and I think it's just getting better and better each year. You know, you mentioned that, you know, a personal note, everybody knows I grew up uh, Oregon Tech fans, how I kind of got into small college basketball. So I, I grew up watching Danny Miles all, his entire career. And he always said this was, his, or at Klamath Falls was, was his uh, UCLA. And, Absolutely. and this is just my personal opinion. I think you can have a much more fulfilling career at a small school that supports you where you can get the fans than you do go into that those big kind of cesspools some that's probably not the right word so don't send me bad stuff on twitter but you know you go into these big cities with the big media and you know you're competing for every player and every every night's a war and one loss they want to fire you uh i think your attitude is exactly what you need to have at this level i think that's the most important thing i want i want to enjoy my job 
Uh, I want our guys to enjoy playing, you know, where they're at. Uh, and I want to be, I want to be the most successful coach in America. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, uh, it's how I impact these young guys' lives after basketball is going to make uh, me a successful person. Uh, the win losses will, will come and go. Um, but, you know, when I get a phone call from Jalen Hodges from last year, who's an All-American, who's playing overseas right now, and just saying, thanks, coach. Everything you said was exactly what I needed. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he was a kid that was basically down and out, wasn't going to play anymore, and we got him to come here. And now he's overseas making money and playing the game he loves. And um, I hope that I get a coach. I'm lucky. I'm only 34. So I plan to coach till I'm about 70. I think my wife said she'll let me go to 70. So <laughs> I got some time here. So we'll keep, I'll keep working and getting better. That's, that's some long-range planning right there, Coach. <laughs> hey, it, I, I really like doing what I do, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not very good at a lot of other things, so I think this is what I was made to do. So I'm just going to keep uh, keep doing it until someone tells me I can't coach here anymore. I just I love basketball. I love watching it. I love seeing it. I love learning about it. I love interacting with people and players and and skills and I mean you name all of the things about basketball that I could I could sit and talk about for days. So um, I love it. I'm glad I get to do what I get to do and. Uh, I tell people all the time, the fact that someone pays me to be a basketball coach still amazes me all the time. <laughs> well, Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on, telling us all about Montana Western Bulldog basketball. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Coach. Thank you again. Just keep doing what you do and spread some spread love to the frontier and all of the NAIs across the country, and we do appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Coach. Thanks. Hey, thank you very much, Coach Mike Larson, Montana Western basketball Really appreciate his insights on the Frontier Conference as well as Montana Western Bulldog Basketball. Hey, in the next week or so, we're going to be in Indiana for the week. And I just want to let everybody know that most of the content you'll be able to find on Twitter and YouTube probably do primarily video while we're back there. We will probably also upload it to the podcast. But to actually see the video, you need to go to Spotify. And however all that works, that I'm not your technical guy. But we upload it into Anchor. The podcast is there. The video is there. But the video is only on Spotify. But what we'll do is we'll put it over on our YouTube channel as well. So I'm doing the best I can with this technical stuff. You probably understand what I just said a lot better than I do. Whatever the case, we're going to be in Indiana next week for the Crossroads Cascade Classic. It's going to be Oregon Tech and Bethel and Grace and uh, Bushnell. And it's going to be off the hook. It's going to be great basketball. It's going to be historic. Seven national championships will be on the floor that week, next weekend in Winona Lake at Grace College. We'll also be at Indiana Wesleyan in Marion next Tuesday night. And then uh, we're, our plan is to be at Indiana Tech in Fort Wayne on Wednesday night. So if you see me running around, I'm hard to miss. I'm a big guy. So if you see me running around with the Cascade Hoops shirt, please come up and say hello. I appreciate meeting everybody that uh, enjoys the show. I like to hear your feedback as well. But wherever you are, please get to your NAI team. Please sponsor your NAI team. Please thank your coach. Thank your coach's family. They sacrifice more than you will ever know. But most importantly, Support these student-athletes because they do work their tail off. And get to your NAI game because it is a great bargain. You're still going to be able to have Christmas this season because NAI basketball is the best entertainment value in America.